And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and they fit you with a big old nice pair of milk bone underwear. I'm going to come right back at them. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of this season. God bless. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Guides podcast brought to you by ShopFantasyGuides.com. This is our Wednesday morning Devi edition where Steven and I get on. We talk a little bit of college football. I, I call it Steve's cram session for uh, basically for all the dynasty drafts that he's going to be in. So he doesn't have to know. He doesn't have to study all these players just the week before the draft. He can know a little bit about them leading up to the draft. So, Steven, you ready to talk some college football? Let's do it. All right. Steven told me before the pod, we just have to talk about CU the entire podcast. <laughs> That's the most of a college football game I've watched in a while, Jesse. I think I only missed two or three plays of this one because I was, of course, couldn't figure out how to get it to stream on my TV. I was, <laughs> Jesse, my, the thing I hate more than anything is when you go to log into some device on your TV and it's like username and password and nothing automatically comes up. I, I get so, cause then I'm like, oh, shit. And I look at my phone. Nope, it's not saved anywhere. So I just start, eh, let's try this. I, I I messed with this thing for 15 minutes before I finally was able to get logged in. And then it was like, I think it was, they'd already had maybe one series. And then I started watching, but, uh, but ah, I, I watched most of the game. Yeah, this was an amazing game. Um, we watched as long as we could. And then both my wife and I, we, we were babysitting my niece and nephew and we were both pretty exhausted. And I just, at one point I was like, hon, it's recording. Let's just finish it in the morning. Do not pick up your phone. You know, <laughs> don't ruin. I'll just turn it right back on when we wake up. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did to watch the end of it. And I, I went to bed convinced that Colorado state was going to not only win, but kind of walk away with a pretty easy win. Like it, it looked like they were going to start pulling away. So Really, really impressed with what Colorado did to come back in this game. Also really impressed with Colorado State, a 23, over 23-point 23 underdog to be able to hang with CU as long as they did. Um, but one of the bigger... Hasn't that always been kind of in the case? I haven't followed the rivalry as much, but when I used to pay more attention to it, when when CU would be good, Colorado State would kind of ruin it for them. They would, yeah, they would spoil absolutely. it all the time. Absolutely. I mean, Colorado State gets up for this game. So when I saw that 23 points, I was like, I think CU's going to win, but I would probably take the points, um, you know, 23 points. And then they, yeah. they played really well. They came out, they were physical. Um, Tory Horton is a name that's really interesting. He's at Colorado State, uh, you know, 16 receptions, 133 yards and a touchdown. That ain't a bad stat line for a wide receiver, but he really looks the part. He can do lots of different things on the field. So Colorado State receiver I'd never really seen before. And then all the regular names, Xavier Weaver, Shadur Sanders. um, Travis Hunter was a big storyline. He got knocked out of this game on a kind of a cheap shot from one of the Colorado State uh, safeties. Ended up lacerating a liver, Steven. Yeah, I seen it. I did see that today. Um, yeah, it, it was a lacerated, lacerated liver. Uh, oh, that's the tongue twister. Um, yeah, and I also saw that he was on a podcast, and I was actually kind of impressed with what he had to say. I don't know if I necessarily agreed with it, but he said uh, the guy did what he had to do, basically, to break up the play. He was not didn't have a lot of ill will towards the the safety that 
I think was a was a cheap shot. It felt very throwback, if you, if you will, you know, right. from like when you could make those kind of hits. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad he did that because I think the higher road is always the correct road to take. Uh, he's an amazing player, so he'll be missed. And they got a they got two ranked teams in a row. I think they got Oregon and USC back to back. So uh, they really needed him for those games. So I I don't expect to be five and zero or even four and one at the over the next two weeks. I think without Travis Hunter, I think this team's just not ready to compete with the upper echelon of the Pac-12. But we shall see. I, I think Colorado State moving forward could be a pretty decent team, and I think the CU story is still awesome. And if Shadur Sanders keeps throwing for well, 350 each week, he's going to be in the Heisman discussion because he really bailed out CU in this game and helped get them into overtime. And, uh, and then they ended up pulling out a win. So pretty big deal to have college game day in town. Uh, that was really fun. And it's cool to have Colorado I mean, on the map. The rock Jesse made it. To I, this know. Game. That, I know that was fun to see. Uh, another game that I called correctly is I said, South Carolina would keep it close against Georgia. And they did. It was a 24 to 14 game. And I think Georgia was favored. I don't remember. I have it on my post. I think it was over. It's like 21 points or something like that. Um, so I was pretty impressed with Spencer Rattler in a losing effort. He, he just, he was a really high, highly recruited player. Um, he played pretty well in this game, kind of kept them in it. He looked really good at the beginning of the game and then just kind of, uh, you know, that really good Georgia defense eventually kind of broke through. So, um, you know, Brock Bowers is still the man. He hasn't put up nearly the numbers that he put up last year but they still give him the ball on like jet sweeps. They still throw him the ball. I, I still think he's one of the better tight end prospects I've seen in a really long time. If he goes to a good situation, I think he could be a weapon in fantasy right away. So that was a big one takeaway there. Well, you had said last year on the college podcast, I remember talking about it, that you thought he was uh, could be better than Kyle Pitts. And a lot of people had some disagreements with you on that. Doesn't feel like such a high bar now, does it? No, yeah, he doesn't have to do much to be better than Kyle Pitts. But I think, I mean, I think he's a better prospect. I think he's a more electric with the ball in his hands. I think he's going to run faster. Um, so run faster than Pitts? Oh, yeah. I oh, think wow. so. I mean, he that, looks that, faster in pads. Yeah. How fast was Pitts? He was like a four four six. Now, granted. Uh, when Pitts came in, they were like still kind of COVID was still going on. So they didn't have like the uh, combine. It was a pro day. And I'm always leery of those pro day times, but he did run like a four, four, six. Another game I got right is I thought Washington would thrash Michigan state and they did 41 to seven. I think they were uh, 14 point favorites or something. And I said, I'm taking Washington all the way. Um, Michigan state had suspended their coach, their team, is in disarray and Washington, Michael Penix Jr. Good Lord. He's gone for over 460 yards passing three straight games. Just listen to the stat line on the season. 1,332 yards, 12 touchdowns and one interception. Oh, wow. That's in three games, Steven. <laughs> it's a three game stat line, 1300 yards, 12 Good. touchdowns. Good Lord. Good so Lord. He has two wide receivers that I think could both well and actually a third wide receiver Jalen Polk Polk um only a sophomore so I don't know if he'll be coming out but the other two guys uh big time wide receivers and Rome Adunze and Jalen McMillan both had huge games again 
And I think it's just one of those situations where, you know, it's a good offensive system, but when you have literally like three NFL prospect wide receivers on a team, that just makes a, a really huge difference. So they're, they're doing it right in Washington. I think they're a top five team at this point. Oh, wow. Um, they're looking really, really good. And Michael Penix Jr. is, he's got to be in consideration for a first round draft pick at this point, the way he's playing. You were saying that, this is like the best QB class you've seen. I, I, I don't even think it's close. Yeah. I mean, I think right now you could literally find that if, if you just go around, if you just, you just Google search first round quarterbacks, I think you could find seven wow. different, different guys that are being mentioned. The thing is, is there's not seven teams that need a first round quarterback. So it's a really, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. And it also might be one of these deals where we see a third round quarterback that ends up like unseating somebody that's there, mm-hmm. you know, cause maybe if you're, if you're at the Atlanta Falcons, you probably don't want to take a first round quarterback. Right. But maybe you take one later to compete with Ritter. And I feel like any of these guys would be a better quarterback option than Ritter. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's a really interesting year for, for oh, I wouldn't, uh, quarterback recruits. I, I wouldn't put it past a team like the Falcons to take one in the first round if uh, Ritter doesn't work out. And then uh, the other game that I said to put money on was I thought Tennessee could cover over the top of Florida. Not only did they not cover, but they got housed. They got number 11 Tennessee got upset 29 to 16. They haven't won in the swamp in like since like 2009 or something like that. And uh, yeah, they're, they are cursed when they are there. Something about the swamp. And the big one there is a familiar name, Trevor Etienne. Uh, huge game. Yeah, 20, I, I, I saw a decent amount of this one. 23 carries, 172 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Graham Mertz, I, I do not like their quarterback, so they kind of need Trevor Etienne to be really good. And then Joe Milton kind of turned into a pumpkin a little bit. Um, he's a guy that everybody's talked about. He can throw the ball 90 yards. He's uh, the next Anthony Richardson I, I think he's going to play himself out of that first round consideration, even though he's a freakish athlete. He looks like a defensive end when he's standing there. Wow. Um, and he has all the tools, but I just don't know if he's uh, cerebral enough to be an NFL guy. Um, gotcha. So we'll see what happens. And then Brew McCoy, he could play himself into some considerations for a, a higher draft pick in the NFL. He's a wide receiver that is actually – bounced all over the place he was at usc he was at texas now he's at tennessee i don't know maybe there's some interesting uh intangible things that happen when you play for that many teams i don't know but there's another player that you could keep an eye on so those were my four big games there there wasn't any other real big shockers or anything else boston college kept it really close against florida state but florida state ended up winning wyoming kept it closer than the experts think i think i think the only takeaway I have is when you're in week three of the NCAA and it feels like everybody is playing somebody that they're going to blow out, take lots of the underdogs because (laughs) like even Alabama, they were, I think they were favored by like 24 points. They beat South Florida 17 to three. So it was actually really tight. Yeah. Uh, I heard all the rumors about the QB problems they have in Alabama. Uh, I did want to ask you, Jesse, is there two teams with a closer color palette for jerseys than Boston College and Florida State? No, like it's that, it. That feels yeah. like a tough one to find. To I, I could see a few interceptions just based on jerseys <laughs> being so similar. 
Well, you know what Florida State did? I think they did this intentionally is they have a all-white helmet now, and it's a new mm. helmet. So they came out in the all-white helmet and let Boston College have the golds. Uh, it's another one of those games where, you know, you talked about CSU being very motivated. Um, Boston College plays this game every year. It's called the Red Bandana Game, where they honor one of their former players who died in 9-11. And they always play it right right around 9-11. And they always come out motivated and man, they were, they were winning this game for a little, or well, they seemed like they might win it. I don't know if they were ever winning the game, but um, so that one was really interesting. And yeah, Alabama has a quarterback controversy. Bo Nix is putting up just astronomical numbers, but they're not really playing anybody. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a really interesting quarterback at LSU. I don't, I, I think he's going to be more of a late round guy. And then the other one that was interesting is uh, there was a, a uh, kicker from Missouri kicked a 61 yard game winning field goal against number 15, Kansas state. I thought that was pretty crazy. They lined him up. I was like, this guy has no chance. You know, when they put the guy back on the kickoff. Yeah. Like the kick six, they, oh, they had yeah, the yeah. guy back there and I was like, Oh God, Kansas state's going to run this thing back. And then the guy freaking drilled it. So that was I always, crazy. you know what I want to see? Has it ever happened? I don't think it's ever happened. I want to see sort of like what you see with, uh, in baseball, when the, the the home run it's about to happen, like like the Chicago Cubs in the World Series a few years ago, or was, I think it was a World Series, like back in 03. That that famous guy that caught the ball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when the when the outfielder goes and they like rob a home run, mm-hmm. I want to see that with a blocked field goal where somebody <laughs> gets a running start <laughs> and right by the goalpost blocks it. Like, oh my god! How amazing would that be? All right, so just add to your uh, first. I'm I'm moving on, Stephen. I'm not I'm not talking. I am not going to address this any further. <laughs> uh, add to your first round quarterback consideration list: Riley Leonard, Drake May, Cam Ward. Uh, all these guys are playing really, really well right now. DJ Uyunglele. I'm going to uh, need the spelling on that one, Jesse, oh, as I'm writing man. these names He's, down. What's the, what's the, uh, what do they say in the spelling bee? They go, what's the nation of origin or whatever they say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's getting bad to where when I try to type something in and it gives me the squiggly line, you know, mm-hmm, on my, mm-hmm. and then I click like, look up. It doesn't even give me that option. Sometimes I'm like, dang it. <laughs> There's not now, even another word I can use. We also got to do the, uh, the Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz's son contract watch. Uh, oh, Iowa, where are we at? Where are we at? Iowa played Western Michigan, and we had said you got to run up the score here if you're trying to score 25 points a game to keep your job. Uh, they were losing seven to nothing after the first quarter to Western Michigan, who is not mm-hmm. a good MAC team. They won 41 to 10. Oh, all right. So, can you do you have do you have these memorized? Can I write these down? I'm gonna I'm gonna start my little sheet here. So well, we I, I I know he was at twenty two. I think he was at twenty two and a half points per game before the forty one. Okay. So yeah, I'm going. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the first two blank. I've got actually here. I got it right here. I should have okay. it. He they got twenty four, twenty, and forty one. Twenty two points a game is what they were at. Twenty four, twenty, and forty one. Twenty four, twenty, and forty one. Okay, so Jesse, what you do? You just take twenty four, twenty. <laughs> Plus 41, and that's four, five. And you, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that's a, I think he's good for now. He's good. Well, right now he is, but yeah, we got to. 
Well, yeah, that's why it's called I, the contract watch because this will I, be all season. Long. I want this to be a daily part, or uh, th- I want this brought up every week because right, this is okay. fun for me. I'll stick with it. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple big games heading out this Saturday. I, I, I'm guessing College Game Day is probably going to be at um, the Notre Dame Ohio State game. I, in watching both these teams play, I feel like Ohio State is not as good as they have been. I think CJ Stroud made them, you know, a championship Final Four contending team. They don't have as good a quarterback play. They just thrashed a really bad uh, Western Kentucky team. But I think Notre Dame is really good. And Sam Hartman, another first-round quarterback consideration, transferred from Wake Forest to Notre Dame, has been playing really well. I don't know what the spread is. Oh, there it is right there. Ohio State is favored by three and a half. I am, I'm taking the points. I'm going with Notre Dame in this game. I'll tell okay. you that right now. They're yeah. at home. They have the better quarterback. I don't think Ohio State is as good as they've been. Um, okay. Iowa is at Penn State. Penn State is favored by 14 and a half. Ooh, Penn that, State that, looks really, really good right now. Contract have, watch. Yeah. This this feels like uh like a seven pointer, maybe, that Brian yeah. Ferentz puts up. So yeah, keep an eye on that that contract watch. I think Penn State wins big. Um, but it might be a low scoring game. Over unders 40. Maybe we go the under on that game. I don't, I don't know what the spread will be. Maybe it might be like a 17 to 7 game, uh, you know, under the point total. So I might go under because the Penn State defense is just so good. Let me ask you this. In college football, is there as much garbage time as there can be in the NFL? Because I'm just wondering, like, even if it, if your team is like crushing the other team, you've got underclassmen that you want to get some experience for right and they're probably playing as hard as they can to try to get more playing time i'm just thinking about this contract this contract watch with penn state (laughs) could there be some garbage time points scored by iowa towards the end or is it going to be still be tough because they're going to still be playing hard with some of the backups i don't know man that penn state defense is really really good so i i just think uh, Penn State has become a, a sleeper for the national title. They have a, mm. a quarterback. He's a true sophomore. His name's Drew Alar, and he might be uh, he might be another one of those guys in two years that we're talking a lot about because he has kind of first round pick all of the the look. The ball comes out of his hand a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I heard Lavar Arrington on uh, one of the local radio stations the other day talking about Penn State and. Uh, I think his son plays for Delaware and they went and does that, is that who they just played Delaware? Did you say that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they went and played there, but he was basically talking about how good Penn state is. And he's like a still a legend over there. And he said he visits there often. And uh, he always kisses the ground when he touches down in uh, at Penn state. That guy, man, did anybody ever look as much like a linebacker no. as that guy looked? No, that's the dictionary the most... picture of uh, a line. But him and uh, him and James Harrison. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A couple other big games. Uh, Florida State is at Clemson. That'll be a really interesting one to see. They're actually only giving Florida State. Florida State's favored by two points, which is a really interesting spread considering that Clemson hasn't looked very good, and Florida State's the number four team in the nation. We call those stinky stinky spreads. I, I kind of feel like Clemson might be winning that game. Um, Colorado, you know, three and O darlings of the nation. They are 21 point underdogs at Oregon. Mm. That's ouch. See, I told you, I, I thought the, uh, 
Cinderella story might be ending here in the next couple of weeks. The yeah. Pac-12 is just littered with top 25 teams right now. Number 22 UCLA is playing number 11 Utah. Number 15 Ole Miss is playing at number 13 Alabama. I actually am not so sure I don't like Ole Miss in that game with the way that Alabama's quarterback situation has looked. So a ton of, you know, where last weekend there was not really any top 25 games, I've listed off a lot. Uh, Oregon State, number 14, is at number 21, Washington State. Oregon State's favored by three. I kind of like the Beavers in that one. And that is the uh, left out uh, in the cold bowl is what we have to call that. Oregon State, Washington State have no conference moving forward because of the uh, end of the Pac-12, which is kind of sad. This is, it is sad. Like, I, again, I don't even get that into college football, but um, it's I'm just picturing, like, if this was the NFL and these divisions broke up and you didn't have the rivalries, it's just eh, it's just not as enjoyable. Yeah, and, and what if they were just like the Cardinals and the Texans, now you have to go play in the XFL? <laughs> That's basically, like, what's happening. I mean, it would be kind of a bummer, right? I mean... You know, I I would be sad, even though think think about it. Kurt Warner, you know, trying to win the Super Bowl for the Cardinals. I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's you know JJ Watt all at mm-hmm. the, with the Texans trying to get them through the and play, the Cardinals. The yeah. Oh, okay. poor JJ Watt. Wow, talk about a that guy got rough on the organizations that he had to play for. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get he didn't get a lot of championship organizations. That's for sure. All right, man. Well, that's right around the time we want to try and hit about 20 minutes on this one, not take too long. So give you guys a little update on players. Again, huge year for um, quarterbacks. And then the only other thing I will say I was texting with the the group chat is the wide receiver class is actually filling out way more than I thought it would. When you take those couple of Washington players, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, there is, uh, oh man, what's the name of the kid at Michigan? He's doing really well. And he's going to run the fastest 40 that I think we've – one of the fastest 40s we've seen. Blake Corum at running back, but it's it's not Blake Corum. It's the uh, the wide receiver. I was going to say, he can't be the fast guy. Well, Blake Corum is actually really fast as well. It's um, – God, he's a Hawaiian kid. There it is, Roman Wilson. I think Roman Wilson from Hawaii, uh, I think he ran like a 4-3 in high school. So I can't imagine, I can't imagine what kind of time he's going to put up. So just, I think the receiver class is going to be a lot more exciting than, than what we originally anticipated. Um, just with some of these guys, the the Florida state wide receiver Keon Coleman has just looked ridiculous. Um, also a really good basketball player. So just interesting wide receivers, all the Colorado wide receivers. So uh, just as a general rule of thumb, receivers are looking good right now. No, I like it. I like it when receivers are looking good. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining me. And uh, make sure you guys tune in on Friday morning. Steven and I will do the flex where we do start and sit advice and uh, try and talk into some spread bets. All right. Have a good one, Steven. Yep. You too. See See ya.